And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker, the super secret underground bunker here at World Headquarters, Sci-Fi For Me TV. My name is Jason Hunt, and I am the editor here. Uh, also, the chief cook and bottle washer, um, the one what has opinions about lots of things that I keep to myself, and uh, of course, Mrs. Boss uh, over there uh, hiding from the cameras. She is uh, around to provide colorful commentary. Color commentary, yeah, okay. That's, Unlike that's the dog is. in plays for comic relief, right? And you forgot to mention you make the coffee. I do make the coffee, yes, and I need to push a button here. So, that, and that. That. All right, well, the wrong one's up, but that's okay. All right, so 44 days and counting without an incident here in the in the grand scheme of things. I'd say that's a that's a good thing. Uh, coming up on the program tomorrow. We are going to have uh, the gentlemen who are responsible for the new movie, Volition, uh, which is coming soon to digital distribution. Uh, the movie is about uh, a man with clairvoyance who sees things in the future and gets involved in some ne'er-do-well activity and sees his own murder. And now has to figure things out to prevent such from happening. So we're looking forward to having, uh, let's see, who's, that's going to be at noon tomorrow. And it is, oh, i got to turn that off. Bum, 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 bum. It, Go ahead. Three million. Three, three million. Good it night. It just hit three million. Oh, three point, or three Two and climbing nine thousand nine hundred plus backers. All right. So what uh, what Mrs. Boss is talking about is this uh, project here that just launched. It is from Brandon Sanderson, fantasy author. The Way of Kings tenth anniversary just launched on Kickstarter. Already over three million dollars, and they have thirty one days to go. If you look at the the uh, the tracking on this, the little widget here, the backer tracker widget, shows that it could very well clear $10 million by the time we get to the end of this first 31 days. Of course, it's already made its goal. So, uh, so yeah, that is... That is an incredible piece of work right there. Three million plus and counting 9,900 backers. Um, I have to admit, I have not read uh, any of Brandon Sanderson's work. I know he, f he finished uh, the Wheel of Time books, if I remember right. Is that correct? Is he, he, uh, he was the one who finished those for uh, Robert Jordan's estate, I believe. But yeah, that that project just launching and already over three million. There's another one that launched uh, today, I think. It's a game from Alderac. It's a 
pirate card board game called Dead Reckoning. Already over $127,000 with 24 days to go. So this one this one has been going as well. Uh, the deadline is July 31st. So those are those are two of the big ones. And of course, last week we had uh, Ethan Van Skyver clearing a million with Cyberfrog 2 over on Indiegogo. Uh, his goal is to uh, beat the Order of the Stick record, which is... Um, 1.2 million so we'll see how that goes because <clears throat> right now let's see where he's sitting he is looking at because they're in demand wrecked planet is sitting at 1 million and 1,021,329. And it's, uh, I do believe that it's in demand right now. So there's, there, it, it ended May 14th, so it's in demand. I'm not sure how long he's going to hold on to this one and keep it going, but uh, he did say on a live stream the other day that his goal is to beat Order of the Stick, which currently holds the record for a comics related for a comic book project uh, a crowdfunded comic book graphic novel at 1.2 million now uh, this does not include the spawn action figure because the spawn action figure came with a comic but uh, Todd McFarlane's uh, spawn figure is not uh, it's not a comic with an action figure it's an action figure with a comic and it's over 3 million as well let's see where that one is sitting so let's do a search for spawn and let's see if we can find that figure um <coughs> excuse me um why am i not seeing it that should be right up there on the top there it is This one, 3.4 million, uh, last updated June 24th. And this one, I don't think is, I think this one's done. It is not, it doesn't look like it's still raising any money. So, 3.4 million. So this one here for, uh, for The Way of Kings... Three million. Now, this is a book series, and this is an anniversary leather-bound editions of the books uh, by Brandon Sanderson. So it's a little bit different. It's not an action figure. You're not getting you're not getting something uh, you know poseable or anything. It's the, here's the the leather-bound editions of these books, and it, they're it's a gorgeous design. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this is very, very, very impressive. Um, I think we're going to have to see if we can get Brandon Sanderson on this show to talk about uh, this and other things, and maybe... Well, he uh, could sit and talk to you while he's signing those pages. Well, and I'm thinking probably we could, uh, we could probably see if Magellan, his parrot, would, uh, would join <laughs> as well. Sci-Fi Snob in the chat, welcome, hello. Uh, he'll hold it in demand until shipping. Are you ta You're talking about... 
uh, Cyberfrog, uh, I, I assume. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm. I'm thinking that he's going to keep it in demand until uh, until he starts shipping, or until he crosses order the sticks record. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what the plan is. We have emailed back and forth a little bit uh, to see if uh, we can sit down for an interview at some point, but I'm I'm waiting to hear back from him. And uh, we just posted over on Twitter. If anybody has got any suggestions for people that you would like to have us invite onto the show uh, for a one-hour conversation, we are, of course, making our list. Um, where did I put the list? I have a list. There it is. So I already have my list of people that I would like to invite onto the show. And it is uh, quite extensive there. You can see pages and pages and notes and pages of all of these different people that I would like to have. We could, we could very well have uh, a, good, a good run on this edition of the program, uh, assuming that even half of these people or a third of these people even agree to do a sit down with us. I'm not sure that any of them will, but you know, we're working on it. Um, and of course, in the meantime, uh, we'll just vamp and rant. I, I want to look here at a thing that's coming through on deadline today. Johnny Depp's libel trial begins in the UK. And we will be tracking that um, libel action against the Sun newspaper. Uh, his lawyer saying it's not about money, it's about vindication. In a written opening note at the start of the three-week trial in London, the actor's lead counsel, David Sherborne, says the Hollywood star has come to court to clear his reputation. Of course, this going back and forth on uh, the legal and... Uh, marital strife between Depp and his ex-wife Amber Heard. So we will be keeping an eye on this because this story just keeps getting crazier. Not, not. That's not. That's not the right word. Not crazier. It's. It's. There are more. There's more. It's like peeling an onion back. It's like. Once you see the one thing, and then this next piece of information comes out, and then this next piece of information comes out, and you're sitting there going, okay, well, now what? Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. I have a feeling that, uh, that Johnny Depp will prevail, uh, simply because of all of the different things that have come out. In the meantime, uh, I think he's probably got a good case, but of course that's a layman's understanding on my part. I certainly don't claim to have uh, enough information on that. All I've, I'll, It's just what I've been seeing and hearing and, and reading. So, hello Robert in the chat. Welcome. Good to hey, see Robert. you there. Hey Robert. Hey Sci-Fi Snob. This seems to be a fairly decent hour. We were looking at, at when, I was, when I was looking at revamping this show and thinking about um, 
switching back over basically from uh, uh, chilling with pineapple on Saturday on Sunday night and doing this show again as as the interview conversation show that w- that it was once. Uh, I was looking at all of the statistics and the and the analytics from from Google from YouTube and seeing okay well when when are people actually paying attention to our channel and it looks like the news uh, the 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 noon hour is good for uh, various things so that's what we're going to try for a while it might change I'm not sure yet uh, but it seems to be a fairly good time period. For a couple of reasons. One, it's sort of smack in the middle of all the different time zones in the United States. So if we were to do a live interview with somebody, say, in New York, it's only one o'clock in the afternoon there. And if we did something with somebody in Los Angeles, then it's only 10 o'clock there. So it's not uh, it's not an ungodly hour one way or the other. And if we were to go further west, no, further east to say London or Paris or any anywhere in Europe, there were only six or seven hours off, so it's it's just past dinner time there. So it it gives us a good broad spread for time zones in terms of uh, making things uh, easier for access for for doing something live. Of course, if we had anybody from Australia or you know if we were going to talk to somebody on the set of Avatar, for example. Uh, that would probably have to be pre-recorded because of the time zone difference, but uh, we are we are getting there. Tolfer says this is better than uh, better than pineapple. <coughs> we have all, we're only two. Uh, this is only the second episode in, and we're already better than pineapple. That's good. I, I this this feels a little bit more, uh, especially once we get people in and. Uh, uh, and and start having these conversations. And what I may do, uh, I'm looking at uh, the archive for the original run of the show. So the interviews there, uh, more than likely what I'll do is I will take some of those and I'll repurpose them. So not necessarily filler episodes, but to give you a sense of where this show has been and what we can be doing all this. So... Um, so hopefully we'll be able to do that. I'm looking at uh, some of the uh, some of the interviews that we did with Ellen Datlow and with the the Star Trek novel writers, uh, you know, Dayton Ward, Kevin Delmore, uh, David Mack, uh, Kevin J. Anderson, Brian Herbert. I mentioned those those yesterday, but um, we are working on those. And of course, the the biggest challenge is finding the time to get it all done, because this is. This is, like I said, chief cook, chief cook and bottle washer. I get, I get, I make the coffee, and one of these days there will be enough of me, or there will be enough time. So, uh, yeah. So that's it. Critical blast. Welcome, sci-fi for me, twenty-four-seven. You know, it's it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad thought. Um, we. Uh, the advantage of being on YouTube is that anybody can access us anytime. Uh, but we have been looking at some options for doing longer streams with multiple shows. We've done some technology tests. We've done some some um, some looking at different things with all of the different tech and the software and the programs and stuff that we've got. And... 
we can do uh, multiple shows on the same stream. So basically, uh, say for instance, on on Saturday, we do uh, Good Morning Multiverse at 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. Central on Saturday morning. If we were to do additional shows past that, then what we could do is we could do uh, multiple programs. See, each each one of our programs has a different setup because of all of the different graphics and the transitions and the and the cameras and sources and all of that. So what we do is is I have a different settings file, a different settings collection for each show, and we'll be able to if we just keep the stream, we can switch those settings and we can just pop on with another show. So we may start doing longer streams with multiple programs depending on how it goes let me see broadcast from the inside of the tardis was <laughs> uh i well yeah i don't think i'm gonna do any kind of a stream from the bedroom uh, because that's it's one of those things where uh and that's one of the reasons why we have a a, a different address because uh, seeing what happened, you know, seeing seeing all of the doxing that happens in in this business, uh, especially in the last couple of years, seeing what happened to Peter Samedi, seeing what happened to Edwin Boyette with the swatting and all of that, that's one of the reasons why uh, most of the as as much as we can, we're using an offsite address, and that gives me. An opportunity to mention our offsite address if you want to send us something. And if you want one of these, we're going to just give these out. If you want a Sci Fi for Me sticker to show your support of this channel, you can send, we're going to do it old school. Some of you may remember this. Send a self addressed stamped envelope to Sci Fi for Me, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 6400. Three zero. Um, <laughs> empty chair stream. You know, I saw. <laughs> what was it? Um, Ethan did one a while back. It was early. Mm-hmm. It was before. It was before he started doing a bunch of the a bunch of the things. He was he was right at the beginning of um, the cyber frog. Um, the cyber frog. Uh, campaigns and he did one I don't even remember what it was he got up and he left and it was it, it was just his his chair um, and people stayed and they waited and I think it was gone for probably a good 20 or 30 minutes I don't know it was crazy well I'm having these thoughts because I know you've been in search of a skeleton that we could put in the corner as a red shirt and I I could see streaming that. I mean, people watched the dog when we were streaming the dog. Why not? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I still I still have to. Um, I could I could do that. I guess we could put the dog. Um, a dog camera, um, but I don't have that. I don't have that set up yet. So. We'll have to see about because for a little while we were doing the daily dose of dog that didn't really get a whole lot of traffic so we put that one on hold but we could um, we could put one here for for this show so when I go get a cup of coffee 
I could just put the camera on the dog, and then uh, and we could do that. What was that? I don't know. I heard a ping ping. I did, and I don't know if that's a ping ping we've heard before. Well, I keep, every now and again, I hear that, <clears throat> and I don't know where it comes from. I'm, it's not, it's not coming from Slack. I don't know where that, where that noise, it's a notification of some sort. I don't know if anybody just heard that or not can identify it, but that is an interesting, an interesting ping. I'm wondering, it's not... It's not Indiegogo because I'm not logged in in Indiegogo. It's mm -hmm. not Kickstarter. <clears throat> I don't know where that where that ping came from. I don't know if anybody heard that one or not. But if you did, um, if if anyone has an idea of what that is, it's got to be it's got to be either a Slack notification or something. Um, Uh, Critical Blast, uh, a link to help the book. Yeah, if you want to send that to me, either uh, a DM, uh, send me a DM either on Twitter or uh, or shoot me a shoot me an email. Um, what's I don't have my email address on here. Uh, just shoot me a DM on on Twitter. We'll we'll set that up and get that blasted out. I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. So. Um, Okay, so let me get over here. <laughs> I said that that uh, that knock that ping was him knocking on the door. Uh, <laughs> coming from inside, the, it is coming from inside uh, inside the studio somewhere. It's a it's a notification on the channel, but I don't know where it comes from because it's random. I never I I don't hear it all the time, and I have no idea uh, what the source of it is. That that well. Let's see here. It's not... Oh, I think I know what it is. It's got... I think it's... I think it's a notification from MeWe. Uh -huh. Now that I'm... Now I'm, I'm looking through my tabs and I remembered that I had all of those open. That's got to be what... It, I think that's what it is. All right, we've identified the culprit. And we have a link from Critical Blast. Huh? On Twitter. What? Just got the notification. Ah, okay. Let me take a look at that. And we will do that. Okay, so let me take a look here. Uh, Bulletproof Origins. All right, so an author, job displaced by COVID. So let us do... Um, Yeah, we can do that. I will actually throw this up in. Uh, I don't know if it'll let me do this in the chat or not, but there's. Hey, it let me t it let me do it. Okay, so we'll throw that there, and uh, we'll look at some other stuff, and maybe we'll get. Uh, Maybe we'll set something up with Stephen on for uh, get Stephen on for an interview at some point. We'll talk about the book. Uh, we can do something like that. I'm I'm also wondering if, if a live from the bunker late night edition might not be a bad idea as well. So don't look at me like that. 
a, a short one, a half an hour short <coughs> one, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> you and time loud. frames don't work very well. I'm thinking out loud. I'm going to be right up. I just got to send one email, and then I'm going to be right upstairs to go to bed. Several hours later, there's nobody here except the dogs. Things happen. Things happen. So, <laughs> um, hang on a second here. All right, so the the thing is, w with the whole, you know, yes, I'll be home soon and, and whatever, I got to get stuff done, it's, uh, no, snob, it will, not, it will not be an old nude edition. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, not that kind of channel. <laughs> this is not an OnlyFans account, nor will it ever be. Uh, we, we're not setting that one up. I looked at, I looked at parlor for just a real quick second. Um, I don't know that it's any better or worse. I've seen, I've seen pros and cons from various different people reacting to it. Um, but I don't know that we're going to do a parlor account because we've got too many as it is already. Uh, because we're on, um, uh, we're on everything else everything else twitter we're on uh facebook we're on instagram we're on pinterest we're on gab minds me we i think that's enough um and even that that may be uh that may be too many but um uh anyway it's, well, it's one of those things that just you know i'm like I, I, it's hard to manage what have we got so far already but well, if they want to have one of those type of editions of the Live from the Bunker After Hours, we can take the collar off the dog. Maybe. <laughs> um, I tell you what, here's, here's, here's what we can do. Mm -hmm. All right. Just for a brief bit, um, since, since uh, Sci-Fi Snob is in the chat, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do something. I'm going to go... We're going to do empty chair for a minute. I'm going to go get coffee. And I'm also going to get something that we got yesterday. So uh, stand by. I'll be right back. You can vamp if you want. <laughs> I don't think they want to hear me vamp. <laughs> no, actually, sci-fi snob, the dog is dirty and needs to have another bath. <laughs> but since... The camera's on, and the chair is empty, and we do have a dog. The dog. This is the most he's ever been awake on air. Usually he sleeps. <laughs> take off the collar. <laughs> oh, they want me to take off your collar. <laughs> they like him. Okay. All right, so now I've got coffee. 
So, okay, so, <clears throat> arrived yesterday in the mail, mail, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Okay, it was yesterday. All right, so I get a package, Sci-Fi Snob, you'll appreciate this because it's a red shirt. So, yesterday is Bring Your Time Machine to Work Day. This is a, a Night Vale shirt. Where did this come from? Uh, top, uh, give me one moment. We'll give him a shout. Tapato. Mm -hmm. Tapato company. company. Yes. Um, all right, I'll, I'll throw this up because... This is where Mrs. Boss got this shirt. Um, hey, Mazarus, welcome. Uh, Tapatoco.com. Um, I don't get anything for it. We're not an affiliate. We don't make any money off of it. So I kind of feel like we're we're boosting competition for the ones that we do uh, that we do uh, work with because that's subscribe uh, uh, superherostuff.com. You get 10% off the stuff there. Uh, use the promo code sci-fi for me 10. So uh, there's that. So, oh. <laughs> Didn't even put it on. I know. I'm, I need to wash it. Because it's brand new. It just came out of the, it just came out of the bag. Um. So it was up on a it was up on a shelf, and I didn't even think about putting it on today. So, um, but it is there. I will wear it. And the the thing the thing with this particular camera setup, you don't see very much of me. I mean, just here. So it wouldn't do any good for me to be wearing it today anyway. But they would be able to see from here on up that you are wearing a red shirt. Well, I, I and I thought about that, and I thought I could wear it. Monday for H2O. Yeah. Because then you can actually see more of the more of the shirt. So uh plus it gives people a reason to come back to watch H2O. True. True. All right. Um since uh since Sci-Fi Snob mentioned the thumbs down and the thumbs up, we'll we'll take that opportunity to invite people to uh support us with a thumbs up. Hit that button. If you are new, we do invite you to uh, subscribe to the channel. If you want to support us financially, we do have a Subscribestar account set up. And I want to I want to take this opportunity to address uh, uh, comments on yesterday's stream. Uh, somebody was talking about, uh, you know, they were saying we need a Patreon account. We had a Patreon account at one point. Uh, before we went dark, we had a we had an account over on Patreon, and we were getting about fifty bucks a month from various different donors. And then we went away, and everything went dark. And then when we came back. That was right in the midst of uh, all of the all of the the shenanigans that were going on with so many different websites: Patreon, Visa, Mastercard, Stripe, PayPal, uh, all of these. 
uh, 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 Kickstarter even making decisions on you know who they're going to do business with based on politics. And so we made the decision, I made the decision, I mean, we, we talked about it here internally, but ultimately I made the decision that we're not going to do business with Patreon uh, because of their gatekeeping policies that are driven by uh, political ideology. I don't think that's right. Um, I think a lot of companies are embracing a political stance uh, just to be hip now and uh, you know go with the flow and and be part of the you know sign of the times right side of history and all that other garbage and I think it's going to backfire on them I think I think a number of these companies are going to embrace politics more than they should and ultimately they're going to feel uh, feel a hit financially from that uh, we already saw that with Kickstarter um, uh, we're seeing it in the comics industry. We're going to see it, I think, in the gaming industry. I, to me, and and this is true regardless of which side of the aisle you're on. To me, if you're in business, and if your business relies on customers, and I'm not talking about business to business. That's a that's a different uh, a different kind of scenario. But if you're business to consumer, and if your product or service or whatever it is that you have is of a type that it appeals, there's the potential to appeal to a broad customer base. Why would you consciously, deliberately alienate? a portion of that customer base. Why would you deliberately set yourself up and tell people, don't do business with us, don't buy our product, we don't want your money if you're fill in the blank. It, to me, you're cutting your nose off to spite your own face. And it's a, it's a poor business decision it's bad optics. It's terrible PR. Having been in this business for 30 years, having been in the media, having been in marketing and advertising, I think it's a stupid thing to do to sit there and go, well, if you don't like my politics, don't buy my book. Or if you voted for fill in the blank with whoever you don't like, I don't want you as a customer. Yeah, whether, it's, whether it's Trump or Hillary or whoever, I don't care. It's a bad idea to sit there and say, I don't want you as a customer because reasons. Um, tax write-off, maybe, if they're looking at it as, as you know, writing off a loss, possibly. Uh, I think in the long term, I think it's a, that's, that's probably not a great strategy uh, because ultimately what's going to happen is your product is going to be seen as subpar, suboptimal, poor quality because nobody's buying it. You look at what's going on in the comics right now with DC and Marvel, with Marvel especially, sales are down. Uh, even though they're flooding, they're still, they still continue to do their whole flood the market and, and dominate the shelf space with all of these different books. Even they're cutting back. 
You know, we saw with, you know, now that we've got pencils down all over the place, it's just now starting to come back up. The comics industry has to rethink their strategy. And I think by the end of the year, we're going to see fewer titles on the shelves. They're actually going to finally pull their heads out and, and say, okay, we need to run this like a business. It's been a club too long. It's been not necessarily the old boys club, but it's, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's not how good you are, it's who, who, you, who you're friends with. And in the wake of the pandemic, in the wake of the quarantine, in the wake of so many businesses going under, comic book shops are closing, DC changing their distribution model, it's only a matter of time before the major publishers sit there and say, okay, we've got to make some decisions. And I think DC is feeling the pressure from AT&T to start selling books and stop turning away customers and put out stories and books and things, you know, stuff that entertains that people will buy. Um, Marvel was worse than DC, I think, uh, for the most part in terms of the, the political propaganda stuff. Uh, that we were seeing, I think they're. I think Marvel is going to take a while longer to turn around. Um, and again, that's all. All of that is anecdotal. Take that for what it's worth. I, you know, it's it's my opinion just based on what I'm seeing other people say and other analysis uh, of the of the industry. But it is likely that by the end of the year, DC and Marvel are going to be putting out. Uh, fewer books and maybe maybe they'll start determining creative teams based on merit well we only have 25 titles so we need to put the best people that we can on these titles so they'll continue to sell and maybe we'll start getting good writers good artists across the board and you have to earn your spot, not necessarily be friends with the editor to, to get a spot on a book. I think one of – purely as, as a speculative notion here, I think one of the things that we're going to see coming out of all of these accusations, all of these, all of these, these you know, me-toos that are coming out in the industry right now – Maybe at some point somebody's finally going to sit there and say, okay, we're going to have to have HR rules for our independent contractors, not just our staff. That will be a good thing. I'm surprised they don't have it already. Um, but anything, I, I don't know. I agree. Flaying the shelves is, is, is a poor strategy. But uh, when you look at all of the sales numbers, uh, it pays off from the standpoint of – how many numbers they can report being sold to the retailers. Now, again, that's just to retailers. That doesn't look at the numbers going direct to consumers. And uh, Bleeding Fool did an article that, that uh, posted a chart on the, on the top-selling uh, top number two graphic novels because they were comparing Cyberfrog 2 uh, to Secret Wars 2 and a couple of others. And Cyberfrog is sitting right there at, I think, number three in the chart in terms of how much, you know, the million it's – or number two, I think. Um, and the thing is, 
you know, and Ethan made a point of this on one of his streams, you're kind of comparing apples and oranges here because the numbers that we see in sales on Comicron, whether it's uh, dollars or, or units sold, that's only going to the retail shops. We don't know how many of those books are actually being sold to customers. Whereas you look at Indiegogo and Kickstarter crowdfunding projects, those are going to individual people. That's, that's an actual number of units sold to customers, whether they're collectors or whether it's retailers buying 10 books to put in their store or whatever. That's actual retail sales, if you will, compared to wholesale sales, which is what we normally get for uh, for Comicron numbers. So it's not even really a fair comparison to sit there and say Secret Wars 2 did one point, I think 1.4 or something, and, and Cyberfrog 2 did uh, one point something because that, that Cyberfrog number is going to people who are actually buying the book, not retailers who are buying the book, speculating that they're going to be able to turn it around and sell it again. So it it's not disingenuous, but it's also not a hundred percent accurate in terms of comparing the two. I don't think it's it's necessarily a fair a comparison to make. Matuane, ahoy, welcome. See, we're starting to. I I think the noon hour is probably going to be a good uh, a good slot for us to to live in for a while for this show because we're seeing. Friends and compatriots. Uh, so, but yes, now it makes a makes a good point. Comic books are not food. Uh, you don't find it, find something you don't like it, you don't buy it. And there's a lot not to like out there. So I think, and again, you, you know, it's kind of hard to pin down what's going to sell. I get that. We don't know, you know, thing. But you look at all of the different successes for uh, for the crowdfunding projects and it feels like there's a, there's a certain I don't want to say a sense of nostalgia, but almost a sense of nostalgia for the action comics of the 90s. That seems to be what a lot of uh, a lot of these people are are writing and delivering, I mean, you look at Six-Gun Six Gorilla, you look at Cyberfrog, you look at um, uh, Starblades, you look at uh, Iron, uh, what is it, Iron Iron Horse, Iron Iron Cowboy. Oh, what is, what is that one? It, it feels, it feels like we're, we're going back to that action, that action feel that, uh, you know, in the early... Early days of image. I've heard the comparison made a number of times uh, that we're in that same kind of a resurgence in the comics industry the way that uh, the way that we did when Image Comics first came out. Maybe that's an apt comparison. I don't know. It might. There needs to be a way. And I don't. I don't know. Having not been in it, I don't. I haven't made a comic book, so I don't know how you would do this 
Um, Adam Post has a pretty good strategy, I think. He says, you know, get the book done first, then run the crowdfunding campaign. So as soon as it's done, you can start delivering. I think that's a smart way to do it. I don't know how frequently you could do it, but you could probably, depending on the workload, the page count, how many, how busy everybody is, I don't see why you couldn't do, you know, 24, 48 pages quarterly, maybe. I'm guessing because I haven't done it. So, you know, don't hold me to that. I'm thinking, why couldn't you do something like that and, and publish a regular a regular book, you know, something like say, let's jump, just pulling out of the air, Starblades, uh, or or uh, Downcast, or Six Gun Gorilla. You do a quarterly issue, so you could do four a year, and by the end of the year, you've got a whole uh, a whole thing done, and then maybe do a crowdfund at the end of the year that takes all four of those books into this big omnibus, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking out loud. But it seems to me that there, there could be a way to do the crowdfunded model on a regular schedule, assuming that you can get the production pipeline streamlined to the point where we have the stories. We have we get the art. We get the 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 book put together. It goes to pre press. Now we run the, you know, run the the campaign. Figure out how many copies you need to make. Print them. Ship them. Done. And now let's go to the next one. So so while you're in pre press and printing for the for the one book, you could be working on art for the next book. I don't know. I'm just. Like I said, I'm I'm thinking out loud. I haven't done it myself. Uh, the only thing that I've done, as far as publishing goes, I've I've published a, a, a self-published a novel. Where is that? It's might should I plug it? Yeah. Should I plug my book? I'll you plug should. my book. This is this is my <clears throat> book, The Hero at the End of His Rope. It is available on uh, as an ebook on Kindle. I think. I think it's still up over at Barnes and Noble. If you want to order at Barnes and Noble, it's not very long. It's a it's more of a novella than uh, than anything else. I did this August of two thousand eleven. Has it been that long, really? <sighs> wow. Okay. So here it is, two thousand eleven. Wow. I need to I need to maybe look at this again. But there it is. There's my book. It is not a comic book. It's a, it's a, but that's, that's my Saul Bass cover, for those of you who are familiar with Saul Bass artwork on movie posters. Um, it's not very long. The book itself is 100 and, 115 pages. Uh, it could be longer. It has the potential to be a longer novel. I just haven't gone back to do it. Um, uh, it is not about lynching. It is, uh, it is about a guy who just wants to be left alone. And he ends up getting pulled into some stuff he's got to deal with from his past. Um, it started out as an experiment in flash fiction. Uh, Dayton Ward, who writes uh, Star Trek novels, uh, he, was, he was talking at one point. He got pulled into a horror anthology, flash fiction horror anthology. And I got to thinking about that with flash fiction. That's usually uh, under a thousand words is flash fiction. 
And I had this idea for a story that would possibly lead into an anthology of some different stories. And I thought, well, it's you know, we'll try we'll try our hand at it and see what happens. And uh, it ended up being longer than a thousand words. But the idea was then, okay, well, if I maybe instead of doing a single story as flash fiction, if we do each chapter as a flash fiction segment. So each chapter is exactly 800 words long, except the last chapter, which is 666 words long. And all of that is by design. Um, it was an experiment in how you tell a story. Uh, you know, the word count worked worked for the story but it also it also created some challenges in figuring out exactly how to uh, um, how to fit it in you know word choices and how to say things and how to how to figure things out so uh, it's uh, I mean I've gotten positive feedback on it I go back in and I see some things that probably could be better I mean you always do that there's that there's that uh, imposter syndrome, self-loathing moments when you when you get something and it's finished and it's in your hand and you go, oh my, this is this is this is not good. Oh, I should have done that different. So you zag when you should have zagged, and you second guess yourself on all that. But I am I am I am happy with the way the cover turned out. Um, it's a bit of fun, so. Uh, yeah, I saw that about other space uh, on on our email this morning. I'm going. Uh, we got a we got a link to a press screener, so we're probably going to have to we're going to take a look at that. The embargo date is July 24th, so we can't talk about it until then. Um, but it's going to be. Um, interesting. It uh, it hits dust. On August first uh, is is my understanding there. So that's uh, that'll be that'll be something. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I managed to go fifty minutes so far. Look at that. Oh, let's check. Let's check and see how uh, how Mr. Sanderson is doing over here. <laughs> very well. <laughs> He's doing we... very well. He's doing extremely well. 3.2 million. Look at that. 10,000, almost 11,000 backers. And we and and we were tracking we were tracking on ours to make $980. So, um yeah, 50, 50 minutes with no guest. Um, I don't know that it would be excellent because, you know, who who wants to hear me yap for an hour? But um, it's a placeholder. You know, when we get a guest, it'll it'll be much more interesting, I would think. I would hope, anyway. Um, you know, between between now and tomorrow, of course, I've got to watch the movie. And we'll be talking to... Uh, we'll be talking to the guys who made it, and it'll be... Hopefully it'll be an interesting, uh, an interesting piece. And in the meantime, we're going to go back. Like I said, we're going to go back to the archives and uh, do some um, 
some searching through the various different pieces that we've that we've done uh the different interviews that i did in the first iteration of live from the bunker back when it was supposed to be a call-in show <clears throat> and uh we'll we'll post some of those as well um i do want to do this one this one thing because this is this is one that i'm really proud of and i want to put the i'm going to put the link in uh the chat um well, I hope your fingernails uh, will uh, recover very, very quickly there, Snob. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, helps put the link in. All right, there it is. That link right there, that is, uh, that is my interview with the founder of Starlog Magazine, Mr. Kerry O'Quinn. It's a little over an hour. And it is probably when it's... You know those uh, those questions that people ever have. You know who's who's your who's your favorite interview? Who's the the favorite guest that you've gotten? And you know those kind of questions, right? Uh, I th I would say that Kerry O'Quinn is probably in my in my top in my top ten at the very least, uh, maybe in the top five because Starlog uh, is a very heavy influence in how we do. Uh, the things what we do here and um, so it's one of those things I, I'm, I'm very happy that we got that interview uh, it was uh, we recorded that last year during our uh, tribute to Starlog because it was 10 years April April 2019 was 10 years past uh, when the last issue of Starlog was published in April of 2009 so we uh, we we did that. So so I've has not I have not interviewed you. So um, uh, you know if it would be if it would be an interesting interview, then I would I would say I'd probably consider it. You know, we'll have to see. I'm not above of uh, bring there. There have been a few uh, a few different channels that have opened up their stream to uh people who just want to come on and and talk i'm i'm not a i'm not completely against that i'm gonna need to think about how we would how we would best do that um because we're looking at making our content available to one of the local cable channels and so we're going to have to be a little bit um we're gonna have to be a little bit a little careful on how how we do that because FCC and and rules and and that sort of thing for actually over the air broadcast is is the all of that is a little different from uh, uh, from internet stuff. Tolfer, have a good day. Uh, thanks thanks for hanging out with us. Let's good to see you again. So I tell people that we're you know PG thirteen or better. I I don't I don't like uh, having you know people drop f bombs or anything like that in the in the show. So um, it's it's something to consider. We may do kind of a like an open line Friday, free for all Friday type of thing. Maybe yeah, possibly I could see that. Yeah, maybe. So well, yeah, it's something it's something we'll think about. Uh, we'll uh, we'll take a look around and and see what other people are doing and kind of kind of make things like I said we're making it up as we go 
which is the standard operating procedure here. But, um, but yeah, we're we're I'm looking forward to having um, I'm looking forward to having guests and being able to have those conversations with lots of different people. We're thinking about a space week uh, to talk to people about you know what's going on with NASA and SpaceX and and Virgin Galactic and that kind of thing. So we, you know, we're we're looking at some different things. Um, might uh, might try to get some some publishers. Uh, I've been emailing back and forth with uh, with Dan Didio, so we're we're talking about setting a uh, setting up something there. So I think I think you're going to be you're going to be happy with some of the guests that we bring in. Um, some some will be surprises. Some will be kind of off the beaten path. Uh, we're going to try to mix it up quite a bit and see uh, how we can keep it interesting. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, one other, one other app that we're not using that we don't have any plans to use, uh, TikTok. We're not going to do TikTok. We're not going to do Snapchat. So there it is. All right, so there's the subscribe prompt. If you are uh, if you are so inclined, you want to give us a give us a thumbs up, share the link to the channel with uh, friends and neighbors, and of course uh, we want to make sure that you have the notifications turned on. Later on today, we will have an update on um, the Comic Con cancellations. Uh, we're getting some of we're getting some in today, so we'll have that later on tonight. And uh, I think we're going to try about six or six thirty ish, or so somewhere somewhere in that time. We're going to try to start doing this on the regular uh, to have kind of a kind of a schedule there. And then later on tonight, uh, we will have a brand new triple bites with uh, the latest news from the Orville and Star Trek, although we're not getting very much in the way of Orville news of late. Um, but uh, we'll, have, we'll have all of that tonight. Around 7, 7.30, we'll try to get that uploaded uh, for uh, a brand new Triple Bites. And then Friday night at 8, we'll have a new Deep Space Mines, which is the roundtable discussion of all of that. So there's, there's that. Uh, and a reminder here, we do have a Subscribestar account. And if you want to save money on swag, we have a discount code at Sci-Fi for Me. Uh, not not Sci-Fi for Me. Sci-Fi for Me ten is the discount code at SuperheroStuff.com. So there we are. All right, that is uh, that is the hour. I think we did f fairly okay, maybe. So tomorrow we will have. Let me see. I'm going to get their get their names here. Uh, the the people who created the movie of Volition, Tony Dean Smith and his brother Ryan Smith. Uh, Tony Dean Smith is the director. They both the both of the brothers wrote this. This they will be on tomorrow uh, for uh, for our first revival edition interview. Uh, here on Life of the Bunker, so check that out. Noon tomorrow, uh, a C plus is still passing. 
So um, we can only go up from there, right? Uh, so the Smith Brothers in here tomorrow to talk about volition and other things. That's uh, noon tomorrow. Again, tonight, uh, Comic-Con cancellations update and triple bites. And uh, we will have more later. Thanks for, for joining us. Bye, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.